it was July of my first year here, and I was walking through the house, and I saw golden light. I know that sounds strange. And it said in words, printed words, that came to my forehead, go, go work with girls. Work. Go work with girls in a with cadence much slower than I can say it. Girls. And I was not a mom. And I did never have children or have anything to do with children. That's Robin Loving, who at the age of 51 sold her house in Texas and drove south to the Mexican border, crossed it, and continued another nine hours to the colonial town of San Miguel de Allende to begin a new life. San Miguel de Allende is a famous town in Mexico. Lots of people go there to get married and for vacation. It's also a go-to place for celebrating the Mexican Independence Day. It's in the mountains and has beautiful spring-like weather year-round, our colonies and such. I know a lot of American expats retire there, too. Yes, and that's why I went there with my wife Lori to find some of those Americans and ask how they were learning Spanish and, what was intriguing to me, what they were doing with their Spanish. That's how we found Robin Loving. And I thought it was passing strange that I should get a message. I had never received a message before. But I took it very seriously, and I went across the street to the senora that I knew I had seen there. I didn't know her name, and I said, pardon me, senora, in my best broken Spanglish. I have this notion that I should be working with girls, and I don't know where there are girls except you've got one, a little girl in your family. Maybe I should take her for coffee <laughs> and find out where the needs are with girls. I can't imagine what her neighbor thought. And she said, permission granted, now you owe me a favor. And I thought, what in the world? And she said, you must go to Santa Julia. It was a casa hogar run by nuns. We met the madres in full battle dress habit. They said, come teach English. We started doing that. We saw bigger needs and we continued. And it was a seven-year love affair with the girls, with the madres, and with the, the community support. We'll learn more about this story of a late-blooming bilingual. But first, let me welcome you to America the Bilingual, a podcast and a movement to encourage bilingualism in America. I'm Steve Levine. And I'm Fernando Hernandez. Robin talks about a seven-year love affair, but it wasn't always easy. She told me that while she had studied Spanish in school, she quickly realized that in San Miguel de Allende, she would have to up her game big time. Although I had had the privilege of having Spanish in school and in college, I had never used it on a consistent basis. And use is what cements the language as far as I'm concerned. So I had very limited Spanish. I was proud of my accent, but I, and I, I was proud that I knew hola, que tal, como estas, but I really had no, no command of the language. I immediately signed up with a tutor and I went daily. She must have progressed rapidly with daily tutoring. And I came home every day and cried into my textbooks. Uh-oh. I like to push myself. I like to achieve quickly. And it wasn't coming quickly. I never remembered it coming quickly, but I, I remembered it coming as more fun. And sure enough, later on, I had a different tutor. He was a little more fun, a little a different tutor. He was a lot more fun. Even though the, the first tutor was very nice, lovely man, um, I continued to seek 
a lighter way to learn and I've, I eventually found that and I'm very happy with those tutors who have helped me along the way. I asked Robin if she considered taking classes. I had the opportunity certainly to take classes. I heard wonderful things about classes. I have lots of friends who have taken classes, but I chose, since I already did have some kind of a similar accent, just to learn one-on-one -on -one from tutors that I had some individual confidence in. I didn't want to hear everybody else's mistakes. I, I was going to make enough of my own. So every day, Robin either went to her tutor or her tutor came to her home. I asked her what it cost. Each time it was about 100 pesos, which was anywhere from 10 to $5, depending on the exchange rate, so not much at all. At today's exchange rate, 100 pesos is about $5. What a bargain that is. With her daily tutoring and practicing her Spanish in the street, Robin began to make some progress. But then it was actual use when I was at the little girls' orphanage that submitted it, using it on a daily basis, getting the idioms and, and getting the dichos, as they say, the sayings. Vale la pena, vale la pena, it's worth it, or no vale la pena, no vale. I know from studying English that there is textbook English, and then there's everyday English, a big difference. Robin found exactly the same thing in Mexico. So, for instance, you might say, would you like a glass of water? Quieres agua? But that's not what is said around here. It's if they like you, it's quieres una agüita? Do you want a, an agua, a little agua, a little, a little taste? I asked Robin if at some point she felt some triumph with her command of Spanish. Oh gosh, you know, um, the triumph for me, Steve, was getting these really conservative Catholic nuns to allow me to come in and, and find out what their true needs were and for the little girls that they were caring for who had been abused and abandoned and worse. I mean, if you think what could be worse, think burnings and, and such. I mean, and to have these very conservative, very protective nuns allow me to come in and struggle with the language and identify needs and bring in only con tu permiso, senora. I mean, senorita, they're all senoritas. But only with your permission, may I bring in someone who might be able to fix your washer, your roof, your toilet, you know. Con permiso, con permiso. Um, uh, that's the triumph, is that the Spanish allowed me to help some people who really needed some help when this community had a huge capacity to help, but needed to hear the story. So being bilingual was essential to that. What was Robin's background? Robin had had her own public relations company in Austin and had 25 years experience in persuading people. In San Miguel de Allende, she used her skills to write articles about Santa Julia, invite people in for tours, and generally get the word out. And did she help them raise funds too? She sure did. Over a period of seven years, Robin helped them raise a million dollars. Whoa, that's quite an impact, starting from just having a vision and walking across her street to chat with a neighbor. It is, but Robin says the expat community in San Miguel de Allende is all about contributing to San Miguel. There are more than 100 charitable organizations there begun by expats from the U.S., Canada, and other countries. Part of Robin's particular success is due to her outgoing nature. I'm a pretty friendly person. When I lived in Texas, I had a friend who 
who said I was as friendly as a stray dog in a meat market. So I guess I just look approachable and people stop me, even tourists, Mexican tourists in the middle of the street as I'm walking along at a rapid clip, not looking like I'm dawdling or hoping to stop and help somebody. People stop me and say, what about this and what about that? I met Robin Loving uh, by walking along the street and asking uh, for directions. That's Jennifer Lawson, another American who went to San Miguel de Allende to work on her Spanish and perhaps to find something else, too. I asked Robin for directions to a gym and that she then led me to the gym and we had the conversation along the way. And when I, she told me about what she was doing, I was eager to learn more. Man, Robin wasn't kidding about being friendly and being a good PR person. And we made arrangements to get together for coffee. I think uh, that Robin Loving is doing a fabulous job with her organization, Jovenes Adelante. That's Spanish for Youngsters Forward. And that the work that she's doing in raising funds for scholarships for youth from the countryside around, in and around San Miguel is just terrific. I've had the opportunity to an, attend an event and speak at an event that Robin held with her board and other supporters and to meet some of the young people who have benefited from this program. And who is Jennifer Lawson? Why did Robin ask her to speak? Jennifer Lawson is a retired executive who had a brilliant career at the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. She's certainly a role model for people young and old. She was just the kind of American I was looking to interview in San Miguel de Allende. One of my real desires upon retirement was to put more effort into becoming really fluent in Spanish. And it's been a, an ambition of mine for a, several years, and throughout my career, I was always too busy being both a broadcasting executive and a parent and a wife and so many other things that I could not devote my time. To. And so that was on my list, on one of the top things on my list to devote myself to upon retirement. And s several people I knew had recommended San Miguel de Allende, and I thought, why not? Did she also get private tutors? Jennifer went for total immersion, and I was able to catch up with her afterwards. I was there for five weeks, and it was absolutely wonderful. The school was just what I had wanted. It was truly an intensive immersion program. I studied from 8.30 in the morning until 6 p.m., five days a week, and I stayed with a Mexican family which, and the person with whom I stayed, while she was absolutely fluent in English, she only spoke with me in Spanish. And I loved it so much, I planned to repeat the experience. I planned to do it again as soon as I can. I asked Robin why she asked Jennifer to speak at her nonprofit. I think Jennifer's a superstar. I think she's a pioneer. And I think that the world has better for having Jennifer Lawson uh, had, have been in charge of uh, so much of the public broadcast system. Uh, I think the world of her. Jennifer Lawson is a serious student, but she pointed out to me that those day-long classes weren't just studying grammar and vocabulary. There was some of that, but the afternoons were filled with lectures on art and cooking and history, all in Spanish. 
We've touched on this in other episodes. Rather than just studying a language, you use that language to study other things. Exactly. That's what my wife Lori and I found in San Miguel de Allende when we visited all these art studios and history classes going on. I asked Robin about that. We've got lifelong learning classes here on any topic, any topic, any and every topic. It's really a vibrant learning community and a high-performing community. Art classes, dance classes, any cooking classes, those are, the, those are the three most popular, and those are taught in Spanish. So they have lots of language schools in San Miguel de Allende, but I would guess that even more learning takes place outside of formal language classes. It seems these older Americans have created a kind of learning paradise. Well, they learn Spanish OJT. That stands for on-the-job training. I want to master cooking uh, mole, and they're not going to learn that necessarily uh, as well from a gringa who's learned it as they are from a Mexican who's lived it. I asked Robin to explain how the Mexican chef may teach her students differently. She'll take them to the market and explain what they're buying and then take them to her kitchen and actually show them the implements that she's using to make these things and then use the terms that she's using uh, to cook on. For instance, comal, it's just a flat griddle on the stovetop. But we don't typically have comales in the the United States. Jennifer Lawson told me about a side trip to Mexico City she made last December with her husband. He had gone into a department store and that I was standing outside the store where there were a number of families with small kids who were all waiting to see a snow parade. In Mexico City, they had ice skating, (laughs) an ice skating rink, and they were going to have a snow parade right before the Christmas holidays. And this older Mexican man whose face, you know, really looked like the, if you wanted to do the poster for the Diego Rivero Campesinos, this family looked the the part in that respect, real weather-beaten faces and He then, he was sitting down and offered me the space that he was sitting on. The good old Mexican chivalry. And I, you know, declined, but then he, you know, offered it again. And so I accepted and sat next to his wife and his little girl. And I said, gracias. And that then led him to ask where I was from. And I said, from Washington, D.C., the United States. And then Donald Trump and (laughs) we... And that started the conversation. And we were off and running, and it was one where it was quite fascinating because he then sort of said, there are many problems in our world. And he, he, we started talking about some of the political problems as well as, and he sort of says and that here in Mexico, too, there's racism, and that he pointed to the, you know, he put his hand against mine. I'm African-American and that he was much more Indian, and but he's dark. And he says, in Mexico, too, there's racism. It was, so it was fascinating to have this conversation. And it went from the heavy-duty conversation like that to the part about his little four-year-old granddaughter and her trying to put together this puzzle and playing with her and, and asking her, where's the, which go, piece goes here? 
and I point to an area and I said Amaria or Rosado and it's uh and she would gleefully light up ah Amaria you know, <laughs> and put the piece in place in her little wooden puzzle but it was just this encounter with this family that would not have been possible without that sort of key of language I asked Jennifer how she felt speaking Spanish in that situation. Oh, it felt wonderful. It makes me feel that I am a more a citizen of the world than simply a citizen of the United States. I mean, I love being a citizen of the United States and very proud of that, but that it gives me sort of access to this bigger world, too, and that I really enjoy that so much. Back in San Miguel, Lori and I heard a lot about the Warren Hardy School and went to sit in on a class. The students were mostly older adults. We thought the class was lighthearted, yet hardworking, too. The Mexican teachers had us drill one another on the 100 most common Spanish verbs, conveniently printed on color-coded 3x5 cards. After class, we had a chance to sit down with the school's founder, Warren Hardy. My population is people that are 60, 70, 80. They're all lifelong learners, 100% of them. They're people that are at that age and still engaged in, in reading and learning and growth. Warren told us he started a language school back in the U.S. to help professional people learn Spanish, but sold it and came to San Miguel de Allende about 27 years ago. I asked him if his students in San Miguel differed from his students back in the States. A lot of lifelong learners stay home and never leave their homes, but this is an adventurous group of people who want to go abroad and experience other cultures and continue to grow. So there's a spirit of adventure. My particular student population are mainly uh, retired professional people who have been engaged in, with people and in life for a long time. And so they just want to expand their horizons. How far do most of these Americans get with their Spanish? Most people get to the basic or intermediate level, at least at first. I do a lecture for International Living. That's a magazine dedicated to helping Americans retire overseas. And the title of the lecture that I give is called Spanish from the Heart. And the basic premise of that lecture is that if you just open up your heart and you smile and you use the courtesies, then immediately people will connect with you and your heart will open. I asked him if he often sees American expats get involved in the local community. Oh, all the time. I think it's a, it's a natural process. I think when people first come here, they're nervous. They learn enough to get by. They nest, they begin to build lives, they begin then to look for opportunities to serve or engage, and then suddenly a light goes on in their head and they go, man, I gotta improve my Spanish. So they reappear at the school a couple years later and they'll take a few courses and bump it up. I think it's a, it's a evolutionary process in the expat community where you're constantly engaging more and learning more. Steve, the Americans who come to study and live in San Miguel, would you say they are typical American retirees? I tend to think of people on golf courses or playing bridge. Well, I'm not an expert on that, but I found someone who is. 
There's an organization in America dedicated to redefining what retirement is all about. It's called Encore.org. I'm Ann McDougall, and I'm president of Encore.org. And the purpose of Encore? It's a national nonprofit based in California, which whose mission very simply is to tap the experience and wisdom of older adults for the greater good. As people are living longer, and a lot of those extra years are healthy years, what do we do with that dividend of talent and experience, and how can we apply that? to make our communities better. Anne told me we need to alter our idea of retirement. We'd like to dissolve outdated notions of retirement. We don't mean there's anything wrong with retiring, but more and more people don't want to choose that path. Either they want to work or they need to work, or both. Part of the challenge, Anne explained, is that we are saddled with myths. It's still a reality, which is pervasive ageism. And part of that is the notion that older people are rigid, they're not agile learners, they're technophobes, they're not comfortable with technology and just learning new ways. And so a lot of that is myth, but it's a pervasive myth. And what about the idea that older people can't learn languages? I would say that's nonsense. (laughs) Some studies have shown that this myth that adults of any age, let alone older adults, are less equipped to learn languages just isn't true. They do learn languages differently than young children, but they can learn languages. And they also, importantly, if they want to learn a language, bring a discipline and a focus to the job like they do anything else. And so those are advantages that they bring to the table. We certainly saw discipline in Robin Lovin and Jennifer Lawson. They typically don't have the advantages of young children who learn it more kind of reflexively and intuitively. But as far as mastering the language and using it efficiently uh, efficiently and, and well, adults and older adults included are very capable of doing that. Fernando, I told Anne about our interviews in San Miguel de Allende with Robin Loving and Jennifer Lawson, how they were learning Spanish and what they were doing with it. Here's what Anne said. I also think that the the whole notion of making our country more multilingual is a win for our country, for its people, for its students. And, you know, that particularly now, when in many ways we, we as a country might be seen to be withdrawing from our place in the world as global, as contributing global citizens, that having a language, or at least trying to speak another language, is a part of the antidote. I asked Robin Loving what she thought about Americans who say, why bother learning another language? The whole world speaks English. Many, many folks in in the United States think one is enough. And it's um, only half the story. If you can have a second language, you can have access to a second culture. And that opens your eyes to the bigger world that we're all part of. You know, some people say you should solve problems in your own country before going off and trying to solve problems in another one. I hear that a lot too. Here's what Jennifer Lawson said about that. I have no doubt that a Robin Loving would be working and doing the work that she's doing anywhere she chose to live. But that I think that obviously we at this point in our lives choose to live in so many places. And I think it's absolutely important to help 
kids all over the world that when we help a child in Mexico or a child in Somalia, then I think that we are helping to create a more peaceful world for all of our children everywhere. I asked her about the border wall that Donald Trump wants to build. If kids have, are well-educated in Mexico and they then can get jobs and more meaningful, live more meaningful lives in their own country, then I don't think that they'll care about or have any interest in approaching a wall or a border that we may have between our countries. In fact, according to Pew, more Mexicans have returned to Mexico than have come to the United States in the last five years. And Jennifer Lawson thinks education will continue to shift the balance. And that we will want them as skilled workers. We'll be welcoming them and inviting them to be our guest. Because who knows which child Robin Loving is helping who might be the next Einstein or Marie Curie. We just, we don't know who these kids are. America the Bilingual is part of the Lead with Languages campaign of ACTFL, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. This episode was written by me, Steve Levine, and our producer, Fernando Hernandez, who also does our magical sound design and mixing. Check out the rest of our team at americathebilingual.com, including associate producer and French teacher Becky Rankin, our brand and editorial director, Mim Harrison, editorial consultant Maya Thomas, design director Carlos Plaza, and last and least, our barklingual mascot Chet, a.k.a. Chetley Von Mutt. Music in this episode with a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license by Kevin McLeod, Francisco Panilla, Comico, Lee Roseberry, Nocturman, Loyalty Freak Music, and our very own Fernando Hernandez. As always, visit americathebilingual.com for photos and background material relating to this episode, Bless the Late Blooming Bilinguals. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and help us spread bilingualism across America. Thanks for listening. For America the Bilingual, this is Steve Levine.